1: Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Jessica, thank you for coming. I, I've, uh, your story is incredible, from what I know of it, and I only know a brief little bit Um, please tell us about yourself
0: for sure Um, so um, we're at year four right now with running a nonprofit change the face of addiction Mm -hmm. so I started to uh, we started that five months after my older brother um, died of a fatal dose of fentanyl Mm -hmm. so we started it because we were so lost Um, we were so lost trying to find him the support that he needed Mm Um, We just felt disconnected from the system, from him, from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, we thought we were doing the right things by say sending him to, um, he went to detox and to a rehabilitation program in Claire's home Mm -hmm. for six weeks. He was signed off as fit to return to work um, and sent home with um, the idea to do yoga and journaling and that would help him.
1: Oh wow. That was his treatment plan? That was his aftercare? That was
0: the aftercare treatment plan. Um within, I don't know, four months from that, my mother found him dead in his bedroom. Ah, oh, So uh, that moment was quite, um, I mean, a defining moment in my life for so many reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I remember being beyond angry at him, even yeah, after he died, for sure. so angry at him. How could you do this? Yeah. Um, and then my family and um, his partner, Rosalind, who helped me uh, start Change the Face of Addiction, okay. Um, we just had a lot of questions. We were very yeah. confused, um, especially when we looked back at navigating the system. If we couldn't do it, mm-hmm. how is someone struggling with an addiction supposed to it's do a it?
1: really good bucket question, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because so, it's complicated.
0: It's really complicated, yeah. isn't it? It's more complicated than people think. Um, we, as human beings, are very complex creatures. Yeah, we are. Um, we really are. There's layers and layers and layers to mm-hmm. us and they all really need to be looked at. Um, so initially, we started, uh, we incorporated as a nonprofit, as I said, five months after he died. Um, we started a little Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I remember getting to um, 500 group members, wow. and it was just like, oh my yeah. goodness. And we were reaching people. Mm. Um, people were interested in our story. Um, you know, we didn't realize until maybe a year after we started doing media, it was partly because Nathan didn't look like your typical. Mm drug user which yeah. isn't a phrase I use anymore. Um, because That's because you know better. I do yeah. <laughs> because there is no typical. To, you got to, it. To put, yeah. that, um, to put that label on someone is just wrong and then to think of how much attention that we got because my mm. brother was a stockbroker in downtown Calgary. My okay. brother was very well to do. He owned a house. So they were very interested in our story and mm-hmm. I really think they left a lot of people behind in that. Yeah. So, We just kept moving forward. Uh, We talked to a lot of politicians that first year just about the issues. Um, We've done a ton of campaigns. Um, A few of them that were one we're starting again is called the See Me campaign. Mm -hmm. We started that in 2017. Um, So basically we get some volunteers together. Um, Some of them maybe are still on the path to recovery. Mm -hmm. Some are in recovery from many different ways. And so we put together hair and makeup and a photographer and we Mm. help them write their stories and then we share it on Facebook. Yeah. Um, And as we've been talking about relaunching this again, I've realized that, yes, the end product is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It really reaches people. You know, you can see into people's eyes and that's really hard to look away from. Yeah. Um, But the experience that we get and that our participants get out of it has been really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, We're able to help them feel loved and safe and like they matter. Wow, um, that's amazing. Which was not what we anticipated. But what a gift to give them. Honestly, yeah. it's just incredible. And then yeah. what we're able to learn,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because we don't have the same experience with drug use as, yeah. as a lot of the participants. And we don't claim to be the experts. We learn from other people. So it's so magical. Mm-hmm. Um, another campaign that we've done is uh, Flags of Hope. So it's based off of um, Tibetan prayer flags. Okay. Um, just about sending love and energy into the world mm-hmm. um, to those that have passed and those that are still struggling. Mm-hmm. So the first year we did that, we made 363 flags with different families throughout Alberta. Wow. Um, That's six, too many. It's way too many. And yeah. that was 2016, right? Oh, Jesus. And so now for the second quarter of 2020, uh, we lost 300 people. Hmm. So the numbers are just increasing. Um, you can't hide behind the numbers. No. So we definitely have our work cut out for us right now. Um, we have a government... I shouldn't go into politics. I was going to bring it up, so okay. you're
1: welcome to. Yeah, I was going to bring it up because I, I have. I know that you're harm reduction, right?
0: Harm reduction, but you know what we've learned, which is also really cool? What's that? We have learned that harm reduction is under the umbrella of recovery. Yep. We realized that in our first couple of years of advocacy, we were mm-hmm. really, I guess, looking, not looking down, but we made people feel like we were looking down on abstinence-based recovery and yeah. abstinence-based programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had some really interesting conversations with some people and that's how mm-hmm. they, they reached their recovery was abstinence. And yeah. they told us straight up, we feel like you are negating um, our experiences. Mm. So we had a lot of discussions after that. Yeah. And we realized that, our language is important on so many different levels mm-hmm. and that we really need to bring abstinence, harm reduction, yep. um, you know, faith-based recovery, whatever it mm-hmm. is, all should be under the same umbrella. Well, of I think recovery. it is.
1: I think it's under there. And I think people yeah. take it out of there at their, at their desire. Right. If depending on totally. what someone's agenda might be, not that, cause I, I'm, ab, I'm abstinent too from alcohol, right. And drugs. So the idea of, um, making that the only way though, is ridiculous which is what our government did right they basically sunk all the money into treatment centers that are abstinence based from my understanding um, and closed down most of or all of the safe consumption sites
0: uh not all of them they have not yet um we haven't heard anything about sheldon schumer's um supervisor calgary yes it's still running um lethbridge that was such an unfortunate thing to have happen um and that was one of the busiest in, in the North left America, one. and they closed it down. I don't know if this was on purpose. We, we can't figure this out, but it was closed down on August 31st, which which is International Overdose Awareness Day. Oh, get out of here! I don't want to blame that on our government because we really don't know who chose that date.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if, if we're looking at like Kenny and them, like they're not smart enough to know that, but somebody in the cab in his ministry might might have known
0: you would think so so that's it was, strange man it was it was very telling to us um sorry I mean, when it
1: comes to politicians i'm kind of a dick so I, I don't mean to be offensive in any way
0: okay yeah we we don't align with any party yeah, um by design me neither.
1: yeah
0: um because it's not helpful to the cause you know we when the ndp was in i mean they didn't do a great job either to be honest they totally. wasted a lot of money
1: that's what the governments um, do so right? far so far so
0: we make sure not to align ourselves with any party because it, it this this shouldn't be a political issue It shouldn't this is human rights. This is health Yeah, it never End was a political
1: thing, but of course people will use it as that to maneuver, right?
0: Well, of course they yeah. do right to make sure that the majority are happy yeah. um, One of the most interesting things I've learned is about the history of the war on drugs over the last hundred years and mm-hmm. how our policies that are still in place today and yes in Canada are mm-hmm. based on racism Uh, when you look back on it they're based on trying to um diminish certain populations Mm -hmm. and certain races
1: and and demonize right yes yeah like i mean i think I i don't know if it was you that posted it but it was a i can't remember when it was either but it was specifically about that right about the history and how cannabis was made illegal because people said first of all that's how black men Take advantage of white women, right? Mm-hmm. Which is obviously horse shit, right? Like, we don't have to say that today, do we? That's not true. <laughs> like, because it's obviously not true and it's not like a, a demon. Um, so, yeah, the history is, is quite profound, actually, and intricate, right? It's almost as though somebody uh, wove that whole thing, right, on purpose. Almost. Well, they did. Yeah. I know. Harry
0: Anslinger, I know like way yep. too much about him. The yeah, tell us about that
1: because I don't have all the history. I just have bits of it, right? So,
0: um, it's been a couple of years since I read that book. But for mm-hmm. one, anyone interested in knowing more, read Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream. Yep. Um, you know, yes, Agreed. as an individual, he's had some some issues in the past. But the story that he developed yeah. from his four years of traveling throughout the yep. world is incredible. Yeah. And so that's how I learned about Harry Anslinger. So he was mm-hmm. the first... Um, Chief of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, first commissioner, yeah. um, in 1930, I believe. Um, his portfolio before that had been um, alcohol prohibition. Oh yeah. So when people got their beer back, mm-hmm. um, his department didn't have a lot of money, so they had to create something. So he is quoted um, during the era of prohibition saying that cannabis or marijuana is the word that they they use a lot. Um, because
1: they made it a Mexican word, right? That's a right. A Spanish word, or so? it's not it, Mexican, they, but. Connected it to Mexico. Kind of thing.
0: that's right. So yeah. that it was it was a stigmatized word yeah. right off the bat. It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, so I really try to use the word cannabis now. I appreciate um,
1: that. That's that's important.
0: It is because it's another you know way of pushing people like stigmatizing an entire yep. group of people, right? Because as soon as you think marijuana is it's a very Spanish-sounding word. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, a lot of um, different drugs come out of Mexico, but that that's a whole other that's a whole nother history lesson is totally
1: and we don't want to we don't have to get into the war on drugs because i, I followed you on yohan Hari, and i agree with so many things mm-hmm. that that he has said um and the ter- the idea of the drug war is fucking absurd so I, sorry we can talk about it if if that's I, helpful th- you know
0: what i what whatever <laughs> you're interested in I mean, i'm interested so in what topics. you're doing
1: because and and where, where it came from and what you think, because what you think about it is very important because you're coming from it from a different perspective, right?
0: I feel I feel like, I yeah. think we are and that's kind of why we just keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rosalind herself had no prior knowledge of drug use. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, she she's just never been that type of person. Yeah. Um, as a teenager, I, I've dabbled in certain things and mm-hmm. had my own issues. Um, but the story that we've been told is so wrong that, um, drug use is a moral failing and Mm -hmm. that you are not worth it. It's, it's so wrong. And I thought that up until a few months after my brother died Mm. strongly, I felt that I was like, why would you do this? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I learned, I mean, I did learn a little more about his history that I didn't Mm -hmm. know prior to his death. Um, again, the holes in the system and the fact that stigma is really killing Mm -hmm. people. We're not taught to talk about our feelings and our problems and our drug use and what we do to make ourselves feel better, Mm -hmm. unless it's alcohol, of course, right? That seems to be the romanticized... It's it's
1: okay to do that, yeah.
0: Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, which makes no sense when you look at the numbers for, um, you know, the health determinants of people who have a problem with alcohol as well. It's And how many
1: people people die from sobering up from alcohol versus other drugs? It's exponentially higher. Alcohol attacks every part of the human being. Like every part of our system, right? Yeah. Well, you yeah. know that, but.
0: Well, no, but.
1: So just detoxing from alcohol can cause death. So how can that be considered a safer chemical? But of course, I, again, I won't get in the way. Sorry. No, no, my goodness, no worries. <laughs> this I stuff makes me, me So what? Honestly, before you got here, I was just telling, telling Darcy and Sam, like, I just came from kind of a uh, situation where uh, an addictions doctor um, does some talking, right? And. Um, I I am blown away by the ignorance like I I left there I got in my car and I was like did I just hear that correctly yeah I'm not gonna say it on the air I'll tell you after for sure we can absolutely talk about it after the reason I'm not going to say the name is just because there's still like ongoing stuff and my hope is is that his mentality can evolve that's my hope because I think he's a really smart man And so it was really hard. That's what I mean. I was kind of in shock. So as we're talking, Mm -hmm. I apologize for the outburst, but it's kind of like, ah, part of my brain's throbbing because what where you're coming from or what I've seen and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, from what I've seen about the page and what you guys are doing with changing the face um, is it's trying to be compassionate where there's no compassion. Right. And in order to be compassionate in that in that specific place, I think we have to get out of the way. Right, like we have to, because not everyone is going to have the terrible misfortune, right? That you've had to go through for your men- mental change, right? For whatever shifted. And thank God, right? Because that's a terrible thing, terrible thing for any family to go through, right? And I don't know that there's a worse thing in terms of for your mom, like when you're talking about the difference in grief, right? Obviously there there's different, equally important, but, but different. different. Yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, now I'm kind of rambling a bit, but so the idea is, is that the doctors tell us what's right, but, what, but the doctors don't know, right? So not everything. They mm-hmm. can't. How could they possibly? What, what is your take on that? Because when I said doctor, you knew something. You had a, like a, there was a definite awareness, I should say. Not necessarily specifically the same doctor, but the idea.
0: Yeah, because I think they're stuck in an ideology as well. Um, and they're, they haven't come up with the times mm-hmm. um, of really looking at the bio, cycle, social, mm-hmm. physical, um, spiritual yeah. ideas of a person and really looking at the person as a whole, mm-hmm. um, and looking at addiction in just kind of one certain light, which mm-hmm. is just kind of from the outside and you shouldn't do this to your body and yeah. you should know better and you should do this rather than, you know, the question that I wished I had asked is what, what happened, you know, mm-hmm. what, what happened to you? Um, mm-hmm. how are you? Well, where, where are you at? But then he was conditioned as well by doctors, yeah. by society mm-hmm. to hide that because it's a weakness, right? What yeah. he had was a weakness and mm-hmm. he didn't want that exposed to the world. Yeah. So when you have doctors fueling that, people aren't going to reach out mm-hmm. for help. And that's, that's a huge barrier to yeah. not have comfortable uh, medically supervised places to even just, just talk about yeah. your, your troubles. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And to, to not be able to Connect in a real way, right? Like where you have to constantly be doing the dance of no, they want to hear this, as opposed to no, this is what's going on. Yeah. Right? Like the reality of it.
0: And I like that you said the word connect because that's a mm-hmm. word that um, really I think a lot of this is about it's a disconnection. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yep. disconnected from maybe yourself, maybe your family, mm-hmm. um, maybe your faith, maybe your community Mm -hmm. and so you're going to find something to kind of create some sort of connection because we're humans we we deserve and we crave that warmth that that love and however we can get that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we're going to do it
1: right and so even if it means we're doing really badly but if we tell someone we're doing well they react to the way we want them to so that we tell them right so we get that that hit from it Um, especially when we're going well when i was going through my active days of drinking and stuff It was constantly like that, constantly trying to show people something and do something different, right? Like showing you this guy who's always got a nice haircut and a clean shaven face, right? Because I'm always showing you that that person so that you don't think there's anything wrong, right? Which is on its own is a really shitty thing to say, because that means I've been conditioned enough to know that what you want to see from me is a certain thing. I look not act, think or do but how I look. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah. And, and we get, if we get into like, um, black people, indigenous people or people of color, then we go into a whole different realm, right. Of, of being mistreated as addicts. Right. Because then it's that you open up the gamut. Um, and your brother probably had a different experience, you know, I imagine, uh, because he was in a house, he had his job still, he was working like, th- see, those are all the things that we want people to see. Right. And, and I remember that. I remember saying, no, oh, I had a good job. I was back in school cause I'm doing good things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, it was funny cause I got back in school just before I cratered. Right. It was within a year as I cratered, but not, not because I was doing anything different. Really. It was because I wasn't doing the right stuff.
0: Do you feel like you were making choices for other people and Always. not for yourself? Always. Yeah. So that's what I feel like with Nathan big time. Mm. Um, he made a lot of choices in his life to appease other people yeah, a lot. And, and it, it did not just that, but it's more complicated than that, but mm-hmm. that cost him his life. Yep. Um,
1: trying but, to be something else, right?
0: Trying to be something he really naturally wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't. And man, he used to look down on me for my choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to feel pretty crappy about myself sometimes. And then after he died, I realized how strong I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I made the right choices because mm-hmm. I've always, I don't know how I, I don't, mm-hmm. I've always been able to follow what I want to do mm-hmm. and, and be stronger because of that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm interested in it, you know what, if I'm not going to make money doing this, mm-hmm. I I am interested in it. So, yeah. so let's figure that out. Money's never been, yeah. you know, my end goal. It's not the motivator. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel really bad that like I'm okay, I guess. Mm. I don't know if that's a strange thing to it's, say.
1: I think it would be, it's like almost like survivor's guilt, right? Like
0: yeah, maybe
1: in a different kind of way, but I could see that.
0: You know, and people think again, maybe it was, you know, parenting. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons people spiral, um, spiral out of control. And I mean, I'm living proof that that's not true. There are mm. eight of us kids growing up. Um, you we have all... seven siblings? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah.
1: Congrats to your folks.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know how they survived. I me mean, neither. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> I know. Um, but for me <clears> to come <throat> out of that so okay, I mean, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a crazy childhood. Nothing, nice. and I have no trauma attached to me, so I suppose that helped as well. But yes, survivor's guilt. Yeah, I guess. I guess I do.
1: I mean, if if you were if you related to him that closely, like for most, it could be. I I don't know, of course, right? We were
0: close before yeah. he became kind of an asshole, <laughs> to be honest.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he did become an asshole long before it became the like, yeah. the fatal problem. Yeah,
0: there. I mean, I guess if I could change anything, I, I, I wish I, of course, had, knew everything I do now. Yeah. I, I really yeah. don't look back and kick myself for that mm-hmm. because it's not, you know, we use the phrase, you only know what you know at the yeah. time.
1: And you cannot and, know what you don't. No, right?
0: yeah. um, so I guess I just wish, you know, Rosalind, and I both wish that we just had had different conversations with mm-hmm. him. Um, and that he felt safe enough to to talk to us because i would have yeah. i would have understood that a lot more than him being cold and kind of an asshole mm-hmm. and then and then what what do I do with that i didn't know what to, yeah. to do with those feelings mm-hmm. like and I guess that's what we want to help people deal with as well is it's okay yeah to be confused it's okay to be angry mm-hmm. um you know, you just need a safe place to talk about this with people yeah. going through a similar thing yeah. so we can build community and exactly. feel safe and connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whether we reach out to our loved one that's struggling, how we help them, that's that's yeah. very complicated as well. Um, but I guess that kind of speaks to the word enabling that um, basically I've just stricken from my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you define enabling? Yep. Um, I don't think that's a fair phrase for anybody. You know, I, I know some mothers that are doing the best they can to just keep their children alive. Yep. Is that enabling? Um, some would, some would say. Some would say, yeah. um, one mother I know she says what she does is she has very healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then, so whatever she does that, that falls within those boundaries, that's loving her child. That's mm-hmm. not enabling, but at least yeah. she's put those boundaries in place. And I think that's a lot healthier to mm-hmm. think of, of things in that way. Agree, yeah. Because when you love your child and you're trying to do whatever you can to keep mm-hmm. them safe, who, who are you to say yeah. that you're enabling them to be a drug user, you're just aiding them? Yeah. I, I don't think that's fair for parents to have to deal with that.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I, I think it, it makes it harder. It makes it harder to work with families too. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I, I kind of have an idea what I think enabling is, but right. at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's true. And it doesn't mean that it's right. Right. Like, it doesn't mean that it's right for me to say that about someone.
0: See, and that's beautiful. But I had
1: to learn that, my friend, by unfortunate circumstances. Right. By having to work with parents who've lost their children to this illness and other illnesses and um, work with them through the grieving process. And it is honestly, if you can go through that and still be cold and distant and say, yeah, it's abstinence or else you're out well then there might be something missing in your chromosomes like in your dna right because the truth of the matter is if there if it wasn't for some enabling by parents and siblings and and i'm guilty of it too right with my own brother when i was young uh, but the idea is not i just can't see it because if the, if part of the problem of addiction is lack of connection which we obviously lots of us believe is um and also on undiscovered or undealt with trauma. So many things contributing. Right. Um, but it's now I lost my train of thought. He knew I, I was it. going no, there too. He's like, dude, you better make your point. <laughs> <laughs> what was like, what was the last thing I said that made sense? <laughs> oh, well, about uh, three weeks ago. Yeah. Good, good call. Um, well, we're talking about getting, what I'm getting to is the compassion, right? And in order for the services that are available to people to have that compassion, we all like everybody involved needs to get out of that headspace. Yeah. Right. Because I get it. People say the safe consumption sites, you're enabling them, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You're right. We're enabling them to live one more day so that they have a chance to get better. Because you see, if they die today, that takes away their chance to get better. Right. And trying to tell that to someone and I've had this conversation over the last year with people who are very much like yo down with those consumption sites and it's like oh my god i understand because on the one hand there's still that deep seated yeah you must encounter that a lot
0: it seems counterintuitive the whole yeah. concept i get that yeah i get that it does
1: but the reality is like if they're dead today they can't get better tomorrow right and i mean in my mind we need to help people not die Right? First Which and foremost. Which is why they
0: were put in place. Exactly. Um, it wasn't about, well, you know, I can't, I can't really speak for the previous government, what mm-hmm. they were going to do. But it wasn't about um, focusing on this single pillar mm-hmm. that the current government says. That's it was right. about putting out the fire, stopping people from dying. That's right. And then let's broaden out and let's create some more spaces and some more um, programs for people. And let them
1: evolve, right? Because we can't expect to... Expect I almost sounded like my five-year-old self. We can't expect, (laughs) (laughs) expect. We can't expect them to do it right the first time. I get it because it's complicated, right? And so, but to take away instead of just adding, is, is what doesn't make sense to me.
0: That's right. Supervised consumption services were never meant to be a stand-alone solution exactly. to the opioid crisis. And yeah. for anyone to say that that's, exact, that's what all of us um, harm reduction mm-hmm. advocates are for, that's crap. Yeah. That's total crap. Absolutely. Um, you know, we need this continuum of care and an actual continuum mm-hmm. of care, not what our government is touting right now. It needs to include everything mm-hmm. at our disposal yeah. to deal with this. Um, you know, in the supervised consumption services, I, I think you know, AHS maybe could do a better job of getting out there what it actually does because Mm -hmm. it's not just about people using their drugs. It's about creating trust and those connections Mm -hmm. and trying to move someone forward to recovery, whatever that means to them. That's right. And I'm I'm sure you've heard the phrase, meet people where they're at. Yep. Such a crucial point, I think, with people with addiction. Um, Yeah. You know what? I have hopes for people that I know that are struggling right Mm -hmm. now. I have what I wish they would do. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a matter of where they are right now, mm-hmm. what they need to move mm-hmm. forward, what they need to feel safe, yeah. um, and like they're a human being, like <sighs> dignity.
1: That is so well said. Like, you, like to say, that, to say we, we're gonna meet people where they're at and then make people come where we are is the problem, right? Because like you said earlier, the navigating the system is complicated. So it's, this goes back to something else that we've talked about before, I think, Um, maybe you just, you and I in in private or whatever, but talking about the, um, oh my God, seriously, this is what trauma does to the brain. Like if you, if you want to know what was going on, maybe inside your brother stuff (laughs) and I'm not using anymore. So it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but what you said was meeting people where they're at. And so the compassionate, the compassionate idea is to go there where they are because we can handle it. Right. Like I can handle going and meeting someone for coffee somewhere. They don't have to come to the church. Right. Because if they don't want to come into church, I'm not going to make them. Right. But can you imagine if I made people do that? If I made them, I would have, first of all, far fewer people wanting to talk to me. And rightfully so. Right. I would deserve that because if I'm going to only cater to the people who are complying with all of the rules, well, then I'm missing this giant ocean of people who can't. Right. And, and I think that was what really frustrated me about working for other people in this field was we knew it, we would talk about it, but then they would go right back to the same policies. The same policies of, nope, you're kicked out. Nope, you're kicked out. And I worked in a homeless shelter for the first 12 years of my career, right? Um, homeless families, so within from the cold, that's where I started. Um, way, way back when, yeah. yeah, like when it started. So it was a long time. Working with homeless families. Now, can you imagine if I just said one day to a homeless family that kept coming back to the shelter for shelter because they needed shelter because they didn't have any? But I said, no, no, no. You've come for shelter three too many times, okay? You can't come back here for shelter anymore, even if we're the only shelter. Can you imagine? Would anybody in this room have said, Dave, that's the right thing to do? No, none of you would have said this because it's not the right thing, right? That's why we never did it. So why would it be any different trying to treat some other complex issue because we've come to we've come to understand that homelessness is complex right right like if i imagine for a second if i only let people in the shelter who wanted to get off the street one day first of all i'd have five people in line (laughs) because they're in that position you're just trying to survive so what you said earlier again this this is where it came from was your how you're talking about the safe consumption site and i hope that you might be able to elaborate on some of the other services that go on there, right? Because people don't know because they probably think like lots of the people that I've talked to, this is what they think. They think, well, you let them come in, you give them drugs and a needle, and then you let them do the drugs and the needle, and then you'll take the needle and give them a new one. They just have no idea. So they don't know about the peer support elements and about exactly what we did when working with the homeless. We meet you where you are, and then as long as you want to be there, you're good. We're gonna still work with you, we're still gonna to talk to you. Just because you don't wanna get a house doesn't mean you can't come talk to us, right?
0: Building trust. I'm Building sure that's trust, what you worked on very right? hard in yeah. that situation.
1: Because we have to, just like you. So sorry, I, I I'm hopeful because I don't even know all of the services that go along with the safe consumption sites. So if, if you would you mind?
0: For sure. Um I don't know like a complete mm-hmm. completely what happens in there, but um, I know that they refer people to counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, to housing first programs, mm-hmm. um, to other modes of of support. recovery, of support, which yeah. might be um, injectional injection opioid agonist treatment, mm-hmm. which is a program they're actually shutting down. Mm. Um, that particular program is for some of the um, some people who are intravenous users who have tried every other way mm-hmm. to to get to recovery and yeah. it hasn't worked. Yeah. So they go in, they have a safe um, injection by, mm-hmm. by a nurse, and then they can carry on with their day. And people yeah. don't see that, I mean, I, again, I, I get that it's counterintuitive, but then that person is able to function and to work on ever, other aspects of their mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. To try to find a home, mm-hmm. to try to fix some relationships instead yeah. of going out there and, and, you know, maybe committing some crimes to, to get what they need. That's right, yeah. Um, and that's a great thing. I mean, to move people forward is a great yeah. thing.
1: Like how much crime do you think by just one person going into that program, not having to go and steal, rob, whatever it is they have to do, deal drugs to get the drugs, right? Do any of those destructive things. But all they got to do is go there. And they get the help they need for the day, right? Just for the day. Yep. And But that's what it's all about, just for the day.
0: It helps stabilize them yeah. Yeah. and to focus on other things. Because basically what we've been taught is take away the drug. Mm-hmm deal with the person, but you're taking away the only thing that they have that's getting them through the day. Yeah. So that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You want to set them up with other supports. Yeah. You want to work on some things and then say, Hey, like, how are you mm-hmm. feeling? Well, I mean, not that really. I'm a counselor, but, <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> sound like it sometimes. Um, and then kind of work with that mm-hmm. drug use, right? Give them some yep. other things in their lives. Um, yeah. Um, and to go back to that, the phrase meet people where they're mm-hmm. at. We have done something a little bit further with that phrase as well within our organization and okay, how we cool. deal with the general public, yeah. um, which is we meet the opposition where they're at as well, unless mm-hmm. you're a politician, then you're fair game. Yeah, um, Yeah, but, you are. You know, If you're on our page and you're talking about your child and you're calling them an addict, we're not going to correct you on that mm-hmm. because where you're at is different. Yeah. Um, if you're someone who is completely against supervised consumption mm-hmm. services, I'm not gonna make you feel shitty for thinking that way. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna meet you where you're at. We're gonna have a conversation about it that maybe makes sense. Maybe we can both learn something Mm -hmm. from it. Um, Because that's how we change minds. That's how we build compassion and open people's hearts just a little bit. When you start swearing at them and yelling at them and calling them ignorant, people shut down. And you know what? They deserve, that's okay. They deserve to do that. They're in their own space. They Mm -hmm. walk their own path to be where they are today as well. And you don't know what that is. So it's a really important phrase in our organization mm-hmm. that we talk about every week at our meetings. Okay, wow. Um, because we need to show compassion to yeah. the to the people that don't agree with us.
1: Yeah, that's very important. It's very important, right? And and there's nothing like inherently, like we've had all kinds of people come on and, and talk about different ways to stay sober, get sober. Some are 12 steps, some aren't. Like there's all kinds of, because there's, you know, like you said, there's a big umbrella One of my friends used to say there was a big boat where you can all fit on the boat. Right. But I like the umbrella because it's all recovery. Mm -hmm. Right. And so because it's all recovery, uh, I don't come into contact as much anymore. But that's also because the rooms have been shut down where where a lot of the where a lot of where a lot of the abstinence only mentality seems to live is in a lot of 12 step rooms. And um, because it's not present in smart rooms so there's an interesting difference i found by going to smart recovery and 12-step and i i sobered up in Mm 12-step it works for me right
0: it's worked for many
1: it works for lots of people absolutely it's a wonderful thing but not for everybody like that's one thing i noticed within the first five years was holy crap i can see why people don't like this and i can see why it doesn't work right um but the 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 smart recovery meetings they don't do that they don't talk about abstinence like it's the be all and end all it's about management, right? And I get it. I could not manage the way I was. I needed separation from that chemical, right? To get better enough that I could actually see what I needed. Fair enough. For me, that's what it was. That's what it took, but not for everybody, right? Not, not once do I think that's for everyone. Uh, but the idea of it not being valid is also not true, right? It's all valid. And I think that's what you're saying, right? With the umbrella. The idea is that even if, if it's so I say, even if it's faith-based, even if, <laughs> because it's like, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that right now, but even if it's faith-based, whatever it is that works, right? Absolutely. Because even if it's Jesus, if someone says, man, I found Jesus and I don't need to drink anymore. Fantastic. I think Good so for too. you. Right? Like, yeah. Because, and that's
0: something I had to learn.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: Which was, which was tough. But, you know, I, I think I spent a lot of time focusing on my brothers, um, where he was at personally, just mm. him. Yeah. And um, we're not a spiritual family. We have respect you know, mm-hmm. for, for people's beliefs. Um, so I was so focused on him and the mm. absence was wrong and that you know, the 12-step program wouldn't work for him because mm. he's not, he doesn't yeah. have faith. So focused on that. And so I think that's where I think community comes in which is really important that we yes. had people willing to tell us that we were wrong yeah and what an amazing gift to, mm-hmm. to be honest that was yeah um i love being proved wrong i mean yeah. i love opening my eyes to to other things mm-hmm. and it's something we all have to work on as yeah. being just listening to each other and you know something i, I talk a lot about I'm, I'm in university right now studying communication studies oh cool and so one thing i've really learned is you know how we're not so we've been told don't talk about politics mm-hmm. don't talk about religion don't talk about money from all the studying I'm doing and, and looking back on history and, and the concepts of power, Mm -hmm. I think that that concept keeps us segregated into Mm -hmm. our, our, you know, where we're supposed to be. Little pockets. Yeah. Right. And so what I've started doing is having conversations Mm -hmm. with people, you know, I'll find out one of my daughter's friends, mothers, um, she is a pastor. I forget what church she's at, but so we had, I asked her questions. Mm -hmm. We had amazing conversation. I learned more about Christianity. She learned about me. Um, we both discovered at the end of the day, we want the same things in life. Mm-hmm. So one of my biggest encouragements to the students that you know I'm studying mm-hmm. with is to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah there's going to be those spaces. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but how else are we supposed to get to know each other, mm-hmm. to learn more about other cultures, yeah. other religions? Like There are so many beautiful, amazing things about this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because someone's different doesn't... It doesn't make them bad. So I I just, I want to break down all these fences that Mm. they've corralled us all in.
1: Yeah. You and me both. And I, I I like what you're, what you're doing because of that, because the part of the fences that, that they want to keep us in is so that we keep going after each other, right? So that we keep saying you're wrong, you're wrong, right? Instead of saying you might be right as well. You might be right as well, because the truth is, especially under that umbrella with recovery, Mm -hmm. the reality is all of it's right. Right, and what you mentioned this earlier, and I'm so sick of hearing this crap about pillars. Right now, not the way you described it, because the way you described it was accurate. There isn't just one pillar. Okay, no building can have just one pillar. Okay, if you want a strong foundation, you got to have many. right? Right, yeah, and you have to have strong pillars, pillars that are based in truth, not just based in what people think. Okay, so the truth is, abstinence will work for some and not for others whether they like it or not whether i like it or not that's the reality right it's just the way it is that 12 steps works for some and i know because i've spent so many times so much time in meetings i understand i get it but it's not for everybody you know how they there's a nice caveat so one of these things i like to do as i get older probably how I'm gonna turn into an old curmudgeon. I'm gonna be <laughs> an old curmudgeon word. in the AA rooms, right? Because I'm paying attention to all these little words and shit. And there's like a, and I can't remember the quote I was gonna say, but th- there's part of the book, and it's re- there's all kinds of neat, interesting um, opposites in the books, contradictions, right? Okay, and, okay. And, and the reality is, everything about faith is gonna have contradictions, right? And there's nothing wrong with having faith, of course not. The idea, I have lots of faith. It's just not necessarily confined to anything in particular. But the the idea is to get people open, right? And, and when I read the book, um, I actually get open by the book, whereas some people get close by it, right? Hmm. And and they fixate on the limits of it instead of the openness of it. Because really what the book, yeah. the book, talk it tells us, it says, We do not, we are not experts on this. We do not have the only answers. It says it right in there, right? Talks about it because they knew that we're different. We're complex. They talk about problem drinkers, alcoholics. There's all these different variations, right? But what's happened over the last hundred years since they wrote this book is that we've solidified what used to be flexible, just like with the Bible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, cool, th- like with many things, with
1: many things. Right. And, and so this has now become a manual for some people, not for everybody. My, I'm so grateful every time I go to a meeting and I see the room filled with young people, it makes me happy. And the older people, like really scared. Really? <laughs> totally. Because I <laughs> see, I'm transitional, right? I'm like in the middle, I'm Gen X. So there's all these old people looking at the, the uh, millennials saying, rawr, 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 and I'm in the middle going, they're not that bad. You guys are just really fucking old (laughs) and you can't see how not bad it is. Right. Because millennials are going to change the planet and everyone after them. (gasps) Right.
0: Do you think so too? I believe it. Yeah. hundred percent. I have hope.
1: Every time I see Sam, my heart fills like with joy because she's smart. She's like, she's a kid, but she's smart. She's got a a ability to stand up for herself and to articulate like where she's coming from. And I know that's going to change it. Like We're not going to be able to turn away from it by the time Sam and her generation is probably in their 20s. There's going to be a lot of things on fire in this country, right? And I mm-hmm. hope so, right? Because we need that. There, the, that's the old dinosaur mentality. Oh my god, weed is so bad, it's the devil, devil's lettuce. Someone called it devil's lettuce. Oh my lettuce. goodness, I've heard I that. laughed I've out heard loud, that. yeah. And there's like a bunch of memes people send me, um, because I am harm reduction, right? Like, I but and I'll tell you the truth. So, you, you mentioned. What was it like to go through the transition for you from abstinence to the harm reduction? Or was it the other way around? Like after your brother well, passed? Well, you
0: know, I guess it was abstinence to harm reduction to abstinence and harm reduction. Yeah, okay. Accompanying other things. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say abstinence though because, you know, I it's believe many of, of us want an altered, we, we, we look for an altered state of consciousness. And I say that because I chase that a lot in my adolescence. For sure. Um,
1: I still chase it. I just chase I, it differently, I,
0: and I do too, right? Yeah. There's so many ways you can get to that, and it's yeah. such a natural thing. Not for everybody. I know people that they're oh. they're not looking for that, but I sure was. And this is and anyways, my, the society didn't really help me with that. Anybody
1: but. who tells you they don't want to feel better is probably lying, right? If someone says, "Yeah, I never want to feel better than I am right this minute," I'm yeah I'm like. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. What are
0: we talking about? Oh, to, to, Sorry. no, no worries. So I'm not going to lie. When we started the, our nonprofit, mm-hmm. we didn't, the words harm reduction, no idea what they meant. Yeah. So we didn't just decide these things were mm-hmm. great. We didn't just decide that supervised consumption services was a good idea. We studied things, yeah. we researched, we yeah. talked to people, we talked to families that had been through. And mm-hmm. that is the conclusion that we came to yeah. is that harm reduction has some great tools, yeah. um, and specifically for opioid users yep. because it opioids completely re- rewire the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, after a period of abstinence, we know, you know, your tolerance mm-hmm. has decreased and you can have that same hit and you're done. And you're dead, yeah. You're dead. So yeah. that's where those harm reduction tools really come into play. Um, and then yeah, you know what? The goal for many people would be abstinence. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this it's this continuum that yeah. is should be flexible. Agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, then, so you
1: went through the process of the research though yes and and to experience it so that you could make an educated decision that's right right with based on all of the evidence um, as much as you could gather as much as i could gather. right yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to say all because obviously none of us know you all can the never, evidence ever yeah.
0: and anyone that claims that in any field right
1: thank you very much that's bullshit yeah. bullshit you
0: can't um yeah. i think we should always be willing to learn new things yeah. Always.
1: And yeah. So I'm sorry. Did you, was there more? I didn't want to cut you off.
0: I don't know because you were
1: were talking about the coming to that, having to go through the process of learning Mm. to come to that point.
0: Yeah, it was And that, that was, how long did that take? Maybe a year. I still remember the first video I did and I, you know, I said a lot of words Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have wouldn't say now. There was nothing about harm reduction. I remember it really being about compassion. That was Mm -hmm. my first takeaway after my brother died is being compassionate for people who use drugs yeah, and compassionate for your fellow humans who are struggling. Um, the most interesting pivot, I would say, is definitely when we discovered that we came off as anti-abstinent.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and again, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the people in that room. I, yeah. I still remember who was in that room and that was maybe two, two years ago, two mm-hmm. and a half years ago. Um, Yeah, that's where we need to leave space to learn from each other because we can pivot. We're we're supposed to. We're supposed to take in new information Mm -hmm. and we can change our minds. We can change our tune. We can be wrong and admit Mm. that we're wrong. Like That's such an important human thing to me.
1: Very much vital. Yeah, and so
0: this specific individual that was in the room who really helped me to understand, um, I thanked him a couple weeks ago. It was the first time I had seen him since... Mm since that meeting, and I, I don't think he really knew what impact his, his stance on things had mm-hmm. on me. So I made sure in our, our Zoom meeting to say thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of really great conversations came out from that. Yeah. And so now, you know, we can all work together. Mm-hmm. And if we're saying something wrong or you're saying something mm-hmm. wrong, which I don't like the word wrong, um, we should be able to communicate that mm-hmm. together and have conversations so we can move forward together.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because did you find that the conversations with like family members and other people who maybe lost people or, or people who just couldn't get well? Like, did you find those were the stories that helped shape along with the research, whatever the research was outside of that? I consider that research mm. because people know their shit. They know what's bad for them, right? Like you don't have to make it up. You can just ask them and spend time being compassionate and they'll tell you, right? Because um, that's what did it for me. That's what changed my mind. Like my first few years of sobriety, and I. This makes me a little queasy having to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it it's anyway because okay. it's true. I, I thought abstinence was the only way. It was black and white, right? And then um, the universe has a way of like reshaping us, I know. right? Yeah, we'll and you definitely man, know. You definitely.
0: you let it, man. Like. Yeah,
1: and it, so apparently I did. I started doing the work, really getting involved in in doing some of the uh, written work to get better, right? Because I knew. Part of my problem when I was out there was I was rigid, like I was black and white. Everything was, everything was either yes or no. There was no alternative. Gray areas didn't exist. Hence, why I drank so much and was so fucked up. Because you're frustrated. Because there is gray. The life is gray. But
0: they don't <laughs> right? teach us that. I know, and that's who that. they are. I don't really know well, <laughs> like specifically, but but we could say know, education
1: them. system. We could say the media. Like those yes. are the days we're talking about, and and they're very real today. Because it's ever present, that media, that constant, like there's a constant sign of, okay, you need to do this, you need to do this. And if you don't do this, you're not doing it right. And I, I like to always come back to compassion too. So that might be why I really like you. Like, and I don't <laughs> Thank even, you. I don't know you very well, but I really do. I, I find you to be wonderful because of compassion, because it makes people wonderful, right? To simply, even if we don't know the answers, but we could be compassionate enough to just simply, listen and be there. Right. And it wasn't, it was, it was we're starting to work with families who lost children to this, to this illness, to mental health, like, because mental health has the same stigma. Like,
0: Oh, that's a whole nother, right. Like, yeah.
1: But it's like, you can't go anywhere and talk about your mental health um, without being afraid of someone doing something to you. Right. Because even if it's a, a, a counselor's office, if you go into a ca- certain counselor's offices and tell them you're thinking about suicide, they're calling the fucking cops. Yeah. Pardon my French. Um, that's not French. I'm sorry. I know, I'm I sorry, love France. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Quebec. <laughs> French people. Yeah, all the French speaking people on the planet. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not a French word. There might be a good French word for it, but um, Tabernacle. Tab- Ooh, I think we just swore in French. Well, sorry. Awesome, sorry? I love it. <laughs> to say
0: I don't know how I know that. Okay.
1: But yeah, it was the compassion, right? It was looking into a parent's eyes who had just lost their child. And having to like, in my brain, I would never say it out loud to them. Like, oh my God, he should have been better. Obviously that's right. The reality is, is when you start, it's the first time I met with a family and I was going to help them with their service for their child, it broke all those barriers, right? Like whatever was in my brain about it was gone. It just couldn't, it couldn't withstand that kind of like face to face with real people. It wasn't theoretical right? It wasn't a theory that, okay, abstinence works for me, so it must work for everybody because that's where I was coming from, yeah. selfishly until this started to unravel, right? And then compassion set in, right? Because I think that, that is the only way to address this, you know, whether it be addiction or mental health. Totally. Did did your brother have mental health issues as well that he tried to get help for?
0: Looking back, for sure, did he try to get help? Mm, no. No hey. yeah. No, he, he was hidden behind... Um, Man, he had the most effective mask for yeah. anyone I've ever met in my life. You really I mean, he hey. would not you yeah. would not have known. Um he did an excellent job. I mean, he yeah. trained himself, right, too. Um looking back, yeah, there were some mental health things yeah. going on. There was some trauma again mm. that I, I don't want to get into, but nope, that I okay. I discovered the day after he died. Yeah. So when you couple that trauma with mental health that's never been dealt with mm. um and then you know illicit drugs man yeah. i mean they help you solve a problem that's what people don't get they're not yeah. the problem
1: yeah yeah you're right they help you solve it and it's like uh someone asked me dave like was it were you always an alcoholic and you're drinking and i'm like probably but the reality is it worked for a while like it, it worked it got me through my teenage years and i couldn't talk about what happened to me as a child i couldn't i, I couldn't acknowledge it that it, like all of the things yeah. right and yeah. so of course alcohol was a good bedfellow because it helps you not think about those things.
0: Yeah, it gives you courage. Yeah, I had You'd, major anxiety when I was a teenager, so I yeah. self-medicated all the time, all the time. I mean, mm. from thirteen to eighteen. Yeah. Um, and I'm really grateful I didn't have, you know, something to attach my mm-hmm. drug use to. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I was able to just say, okay, I'm, I, yeah. I'm out. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And, you know, one story I can remember is, so there's a group of us girls that um, all had some issues with drugs, I'd say from 12 to 16, Mm -hmm. 18. Um, And, you know, we all parted ways after, and some of us did well, some Mm -hmm. of us didn't do as well, but I was reading through, um, posts from mom Stop the harm. Mm -hmm. And I read through this uh, mother's post about her daughter who had um, a lot of problems and she, she used heroin and ended up being straight fentanyl and she Mm -hmm. died. And then I scrolled to the bottom. And it's Katie. It's a friend of mine that, Mm. that we, um, you know, we, the group of us did a lot of drugs together and there were signs, I guess, that she had some other things going Mm. on. And I'm not going to lie in that moment, I was so mad at myself for not knowing see, this makes me a little upset, but for not knowing what those signs were Mm. and for not reaching out for her and not treating her better. And, Mm. and then there was that survivor's Survival's Mm -hmm. guilt too That you mentioned That like How come I How come I turned out okay Why am I all right And she died Like that's just So I You know I I still work through That stuff a bit And I Mm -hmm. I do think I deserve to be here Um, Mm -hmm. But why didn't Other people And so I mean this is This all comes back To why I do What I do Mm -hmm. Because I have a lot of energy I have a lot of good in me I have a lot of love I've been surrounded By nothing but love My whole Mm -hmm. life And that's a gift That I carry with me now and I use it to, Mm -hmm. I guess, help other people Mm -hmm. and to try to be kind to myself, which is hard, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it really is. Yeah. But I'm glad you, I'm glad you're able to do that and have support, right? Like it, uh, because it's hard, it's hard enough with support and love, right? Like it's hard. enough. Life
0: is hard enough. I mean, you know, people that have everything, life is hard, man. Mm -hmm. Like, can we not all just acknowledge that? Yeah.
1: And i why can't we? Why, why can't other people who may not be having a hard time today, just be like, you know what, it's just not my day. It's their day to have a bad day, right? And it's been my day before, it'll be my day again. Totally. To have the bad day. And I don't want to forget that, because to think that all of our, like to be on some pedestal, you almost have to believe you don't have bad days. And if that's the case, then I, I, I'd like to find out what you're doing.
0: Me too, right? absolutely, like, yeah. could, you, could you let us all know? Yeah,
1: like if it's really true, that you only have good days yeah. Um, because my understanding of humans isn't that uh, it's that we have bad days. And sometimes we have more bad than good. We Absolutely. either choose to keep plugging along or we don't. Right. And, and for someone to choose not to plug along, that's okay too. Right. Like that was another thing though. Like, I don't know about, um, about suicide because when that started to shift for me, everything did like once, once abstinence only was gone from my brain and it was open, it was open. It was like, wait a minute. I've tried to kill myself too. How could I, and I never really, I didn't shit on people who had done it. Of course not. And I've lost lots of people to it, but the reality is it didn't really open up again until then because then it's like, no, like that is the, if someone is in so much physical pain that they are, they feel like taking their life, that's gotta be a lot of physical pain, right? That's all I can say. There's gotta be a severe pain going on, right? Or if it's an emotional pain, what's the difference? There isn't a difference. No. Emotional pain cripples people, much like physical pain, right? Yeah. And I think that this goes back to that like having only one pillar. <laughs> you have to have so many pillars, right? To have a, a strong foundation. And I think when people put in a pillar and then take out pillars, it's dangerous, right? For Very. especially for our society. And we've seen that over the last few months, right? With our with our overdose deaths, deaths in Alberta. Death is. <laughs> whatever that word means. (laughs) Um, Because they haven't they tripled or something in the last six months? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The numbers are really high. Yeah. And I mean, it does coincide um, with COVID because, Mm -hmm. you know, people were using at home, you know, we try to recommend people like at least be with people. But, you know, when you're distancing from people, uh, they're pulling supports. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, people are going to die. I don't know. This sounds really morbid. I don't know if this government's just waiting for this certain segment of population to die off.
1: Isn't that what it seems like? It
0: feels like it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think people realize how invasive addiction and mental health problems are. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of economic problems coming up, and yeah. I mean, we're going to have people going down that path as well because they don't yeah. have the supports. Be yeah. like abstinent. You can, you yeah. can, you can be abstinent. That's your choice. Yeah. And then they're going to feel shitty about themselves because they can't do that Mm -hmm. right away.
1: Yeah. sucks. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think that all of a sudden that one thing will work. It's never worked (laughs) like for everybody. I mean, it's never worked for everybody, right? It's worked for a percentage of people. Yes, but not for everybody. And to, to ignore that, because we're, when they look at those, like I, and I really do, I kind of agree with, with the idea that the government seems to be systematically attacking one part of the population if not i mean we'll be honest the government we have in alberta attacks populations out of like i don't know a different day for it's we know they're attacking the indigenous population with these no protest shit, right making yes. it illegal we know that specifically against the indigenous people of, of our province and um yet that still happens right and of course we know what well, we think we know, I should say. Right, like, right. yeah, we don't know. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel pretty comfortable with the idea, though, that it seems that way. It really does seem systematic, like, because to take those supports away, that means death, and, and really that, that's does. what we're getting. We're getting the death directly related to taking the supports away, right? And of course, they'll look back at the numbers and say, No, it was COVID-related. We had this spike in suicides because of COVID. It was it had nothing to do with the other spike in overdose deaths or drinking deaths or whatever it is. Right. Um, and I, I, think, I think it really, it really sucks to, well, it's beyond sucks, but to think that we could have disposable people, right? Like, and that see, that gets me going. Cause I'm just like, to think of humans as disposable is, is fucking awful. Right.
0: Is this not something that has happened time and time again, decade time. and decade yeah. again? You know, I'm learning about the human zoos they had mm. in the early 1900s. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you look at that and look at today, I mean, really, have we, have we progressed? Are we, have we moved so far? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think so. Everybody they become
1: knows. polite about it, right? We become, not you and me, but the people that do that kind of garbage become polite about it so that people don't question it, right? It's kind of like, if you don't ask questions, this, and when you said this earlier about the not talking about religion, uh, money, um, what was the other one? Politics. Politics, that's right. Why, are, why wouldn't you want to talk about that? If you were like a government or a church, of course you don't want people talking about that shit because eventually you talk about it enough, you're gonna start uncovering the fact mm-hmm. that it's rotten.
0: And while well, and open up new ideas. I don't wanna say rotten. There's open rocks. up new ideas, yeah. right? Like people don't, you know, those in power or whatever, you know, power yeah. isn't just a central thing mm-hmm. uh, don't want us all to get along. That's right. Because then what would we need them for? Yeah. You know, and that's, man, I was ignorant before I lost my brother. I mean, I knew none of this. Mm-hmm. I lived in my nice little life yeah. um, that term ignorance is bliss. I mean, what a beautiful place to live. Yeah. Um, but all of this history I, I I've now learned mm-hmm. and you know, you can't go back. You can't no. you can't?
1: Yeah, you can't.
0: And it's such an interesting thing to learn and I, I'm glad there's a lot of us, you know, mm-hmm. you as well and perhaps you both, um, fighting mm-hmm. for this and and always, you know, letting people yeah. know this is not okay. Yeah. You know, letting people die for whatever it's reason okay. is not okay. Yeah. And they're certainly doing it. I mean yeah. you know, they're pushing this abstinence space. So if you are a person who uses substances and you don't fit into this box, mm-hmm then well, guess you can't be helped. Yeah,
1: and that touches on another another part of this that really gets to me. And I know why it happens, it's because we're afraid. Like we don't want to deal with people who are, are hurting still, we want everybody to behave themselves and get well. And it's kind of like, I've experienced this now with um, trying to get more involved with indigenous rights and stuff and indigenous um, things that need to be continually brought to light, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't want to call them issues because they're not issues. They're—it's not as though they're inherent to indigenous. It's—they're it, they're legitimately only issues is because of colonialism, that's right? right? Yes. So absolutely, that's that. the issue, I guess, is colonialism, right? Um, but in order to do that, like, you, you, there's pushback, right? Like, there's push. I didn't—I didn't think that there'd be pushback, but there's pushback. Huge. There, yeah, like people—they come at you thinking when that when
0: people don't know things or they don't understand something, mm-hmm. there's fear. Yeah. And that fear is just a huge barrier to mm-hmm. so many things. And, and yeah. I think that fear is what sort of fostered in mm-hmm. us. Like, yeah. you know, if you're not sure, just stay away yeah. rather than learning.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And don't talk about it because you don't want to learn stuff. Mm-mm. Right. And I, and it's funny you said that because I remember that those words going through my head. Every time I went to like a new girlfriend's parents place or something like that. No politics, no religion, no money. Right. And it's funny because I never talked about it. I, I cannot remember ever talking about it for that very reason. I had those words running through my head my whole life.
0: We all have.
1: Right. And so then I come and I meet this gentle giant here and his family (laughs) and, and like Heather, my partner, she's (laughs) indigenous and brings, brings me into this, like, I had no idea. I'm so ignorant. (laughs) I'm like, and I look around and I'm like, seriously, I am fucking ignorant. And I, it, it bothered me, but I didn't want to not learn. Like it bugged me because I had to be aware that I was, in fact, ignorant and in a lot of ways, kind of (laughs) stupid of my own. And I I say it laughingly, not stupid. Like I knew better because I didn't. I didn't know. know There was so much stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was so wrapped up in this tiny little bit here. And that's how I felt when I moved out of abstinence only. Right. It was like a like all of a sudden the fence was gone right? And so then you can learn everything, but it's painful. So like I, what I'm getting at is I understand people who don't want to learn. I get it. I, it's hard.
0: It it's is painful hard. and awkward. I it, tell you, I have right? the most awkward conversations with some people, but mm-hmm. somehow I make it work. Mm-hmm. I think I am maybe a little bit charming, so yeah. I'm able to get through it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't regret any of those awkward mm-hmm. conversations and I'll keep doing it.
1: Of course, me too. And, and like, I'll keep being beaten in the face with how ignorant I am. I don't mind. Because the reality is, I, I'm not, I guess I'm a little shocked as to how, yeah, this is kind of embarrassing. I'm a little shocked as to how easily led I was as a child and growing up. Like I am, I'm a little shocked because even in my twenties and my thirties, people would have said, dude, he like, he just tells you like it is, but I did it. I just told people what I thought it was and nobody ever wanted to tell me it wasn't right because people, I don't know whether they were my friends or just wanted to get along, who knows why. Right. Mm -hmm. But like it is. And as embarrassing as it might be for any other white men out there, okay, for any other white men out there, as embarrassing as it might be to find out that yeah, white men have been the biggest dicks on the planet for a long time, right? Like it's okay to know that and to say, we don't have to continue, right? Like we don't have to continue in that vein, whether it's about mental health, addiction, um, and I I don't even want to, I can't even bring up like indigenous stuff because that's a whole episode and probably a month, right, of episodes. Because there's so many ways that we've, that our government, I'm going to now be specific, that our government has absolutely endeavored to separate indigenous from the rest of of Canada yes, and to make them an enemy, right? And I know when I say that out loud, it sounds really harsh, but it's true. The government has attempted a federal, provincial, municipal, whatever it is, has continually. Maybe not so much here, in municipal anymore. I don't really know what the what it's like there, but federal and provincial, absolutely. They just simply don't care. They they don't. They continually look at um, Indigenous people as though they're not people, and that bleeds off into into citizens, right? Of course it does. You mm-hmm. know and. Um, anyway, that's why I didn't want to bring it up, but I did anyway. <laughs>
0: cause that's a whole nother thing. It one. is a whole nother thing. I know, thing, it, is. I know right? it is. Yeah.
1: And, um, but the, an addiction to mental health is big enough, right? Like it, cause it affects everyone, you know, no everyone. matter there's no, there's no border on that, right? That stuff affects us because wherever there's loss of connection and there's trauma, you can guarantee you're going to find us, right? People like me who are drinking themselves to death or using themselves to death And honestly, what they might just need is someone to say, hi, how are you? I know. Right. Like, and I see, I'm getting teary because we don't do that. Right. Like we don't do that to people. We don't, we don't walk down the street and, and I'm guilty. That's why I'm saying it. We like some, I'm starting to do it more and more, but it's still awkward for me to do it because we're not, we're told not to, we're told, no, if they're not complying, leave them alone. Right. Like, complying with what like it's right it's fucking madness and it oh my god sorry
0: no I, I i hear you
1: rip the cord out of my thing here um but it's madness right like we've become so against each other you know and um yeah anyway sorry i just could take a second you don't want to edit that out you want to leave that leave that as a when you want some blackmail when you want to blackmail me. Yeah, you'd be like, dude, you remember when you cried? <laughs> it was at four minutes and five seconds. Well,
0: it goes to show though what a what an important issue this is and just treating our fellow human beings mm-hmm. regardless of what they look like, where they're at, um, treating them as humans, yeah. right? Yeah. Because those in power have done such a great job and dehumanizing certain segments of population so it's easier to discard them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? I mean this is all by design.
1: Yeah. They've
0: done an excellent job of separating us all from each other. And there's such beautiful things we can learn from each other. And so again, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and have the awkward conversations and encourage Mm -hmm. other people to have them. Yeah. Because what else what else am I supposed to do, right? Like you know I used to think I'm only one person with can mm-hmm. I change in this world? And I don't agree with that anymore at all. Yeah, Because I can you, make someone else feel good in, yeah. I, in one second. Yeah, I have that choice. I have that power mm-hmm. in me. And you know what? If I have helped one person have a better day, yeah. everything is worth
1: it. Yeah, that's true. So true. I think like part of what, for me, what connected me to like Gabor Matei and, and Johan Hari is the compassion. The, the If I think back, if nobody was there to like help, right? Like, sorry. I think at a certain point, you just lose too many people, right? And you're like, fuck, it just keeps happening. And there's just like a a constant flow of death, right? Like it's a, and it just seemed like, Nobody gives a shit, right? Like, it just seems that way. It's not...
0: It really does, man. Like
1: I know um, it's not true. I know there's people that do, right? Like, I do, you do. Darcy does. Sam does. There's lots of people that care. But it just seems like the people that are supposed to care don't. And, like, to let humans die is just... It seems so fucking inhumane, right? Like...
0: I know. We often think about you know, the potential of those human beings that have died and, and what, <laughs> yeah. what could they have done? You know? what, what would yeah. they have said? What could they have accomplished if they were given those supports that, that yeah. they really deserved? Yeah. Um, you know what would, that, what would that look like? yeah And I hear you. It feels like people don't care. I mean, yeah. sometimes I don't want to do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I oh, don't blame you. Yeah. you know, so I've had to build up this wall where I'm not so emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. That's how I continue with doing what I'm yeah. doing. And I yeah. suppose that's where, you know, I've kind of stuffed my, um, my grief, yeah. just stuffed it down because I, I can't, if I had that sitting with me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep doing yeah. what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have to do what we can sometimes to protect ourselves, and that's sometimes right. that's not healthy. Yeah. You know, I'm lucky right yeah. now that I am in a healthy place. I yeah. have my moments with things. Still, I'm mm-hmm. not perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: It is, it's true, and it's like you keep pushing it down, right? Like every time something happens, like I've lost three friends in the last four months. So it's, and the first time I've actually just engaged in the, the heavy grief with it and just been like, it's, it is what it is, right? Like I, I'm not going to pretend that I don't miss them every day. Like I lost my best friend, one of my best friends a few years ago, she drank herself to death and it, So when we talk about alcohol, it's like, yeah, you can say it's not dangerous, but fuck off. Like, it's just, it's all dangerous, right? If we don't treat the person, like if we keep looking at it, like it's just a drug, it's just a drug, like you need to get that drug out of your system. It's like, no, that's not the problem, right? The problem isn't that, because you can detox that. Takes fucking five to 10 days. We know that, it's fucking science. (laughs) So that's the problem, that's not the problem. Because after that 10 days, There's a tendency to go back right and i there's gotta there's a disconnect i think because we make it so hard for people to get help right like i mean have you ever have you ever gone through the process at renfrew my brother did yeah the process is you have to show up between seven and eight in the morning Mm -hmm. and you're not guaranteed anything and you're triaged and they they look at how many times you've been there and like if you've been there lots you think you'd need it more like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I know, I don't know how to, they do their, they do their uh, triage of people. I get that. We used to have to do it in the shelter too. Um, but it's like, if you don't have that service, we only have two detox places in town, right? We have Alpha House, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: they second floor and we have Renfrew. And then the hospital, I guess, can do it, obviously. They but can they but
0: they, their program my brother was on a wait list for their, their outpatient program yeah. for something I guess it wasn't detox but for opioid treatment for the
1: dual wait. diagnosed stuff?
0: That as well, yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. and uh, it was a four month wait and yeah. he died. Yeah. Like
1: I know I know you're gonna wait
0: that. you're gonna make someone wait four yeah. months yeah. for a treatment they're asking for now.
1: Yeah. And they won't take take them in treatment beds unless they detox like because it's not safe right and i mean that makes sense to me but also it's scary because those people are going to die right i mean it would be in my mind it would make a lot more sense for each treatment center to have to have a detox center as well right so that they can go straight from detox into treatment Mm -hmm. they have all the other phases right and and those treatment centers are equipped i think it could be if they might need more buildings or whatever Mm -hmm. but they could they could be equipped to do it right and and i think that um yeah. Anyway, I'm just tired of people dying. Like I guess. Like and um, yeah, I didn't expect to cry today, but whatever. It happens That's grief, when I'm right? around. Sometimes. It, oh yeah! Way to go! Way to go, <laughs> Jessica! You're welcome well, back. I it,
0: think people feel, you know, it's something that because
1: well, think I'm, I'm thinking, thinking about, about your, your brother.
0: Make people feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, because I'm really good at listening, mm. and I want to always have a safe space around mm. me where people feel comfortable and okay with their emotions. That's, yes. that's what I work towards.
1: You've done a good job. Thank you. Yeah, because I don't even know you, but I'm crying like a little girl. <laughs> I shouldn't say little girl, like a little baby. Like a baby, because girls don't cry any more than men do. We, no. just, we just don't fucking talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And even after years of sobriety, we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I mean, the, the fact is, those are realities, right? People are dying, like, what is it, three a day? something uh, like we're that.
0: at three a day now yeah
1: yeah like i thought it was a getting up there um darcy can google that for me maybe but anyway if, if it's not three a day it's close it right? is yeah like
0: um it was two a day until this last quarter um and now it's yeah three a day with yeah about 300 301 people
1: yeah that's that just quarter. insane that's insane hey eh? like i uh and I don't know, the answer isn't just one thing. I think is what I really want to, like, before we close, if that's, if that's cool. Um, I know we're just over an hour or something like that. Yeah. Um, so before we close, I just, like, if there was some things that you wish were in play, because like, I know you've probably thought about this lots um, in terms of your organization, but just in general, too, um, what, do you think, what do you think it would look like? In a perfect world, what's the umbrella mm. got, like, to, to deal with all the stuff?
0: Well, we would have a healthcare system that fills in all those gaps for mm-hmm. people who use drugs. Yeah. Uh, we would have an end to stigma, mm-hmm. um, which is incredibly per- pervasive in um, the healthcare industry itself. So, you know, you'd want to capture people in the hospitals when, when they're going in for something Seems and not just let them go. Yeah. Um, one thing that has stuck with me for four years, I read a report um, on mental health from the wasn't from the Alberta government but is dedicated navigators Mm. so for one you'd have a system that is is a wraparound system you would do warm handoffs from one point Mm -hmm. to another with people treating them like humans along the way God forbid
1: wait let's not get crazy (laughs) (laughs) treat them like people wait a second
0: and you'd have dedicated (laughs) navigators which you know i'm not quite sure what that would look like if it's peer support Mm. but someone that will help guide you someone that will help take you to your appointments yeah someone who will help you understand the documents you're signing yeah um someone to be there with you Mm -hmm. um that's one of the biggest things i'd like um and for people to be kind like i know it sounds hokey and you know People get called snowflakes for, for that kind of sentiment. But, I mean, <laughs> how, how hard?
1: So are you call people snowflakes for having emotional connection I've to other humans? I've been
0: on Facebook for What? Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah, for, for caring about people who use drugs. Whew. And for, for wanting better for them and for, you know... Uh, A lot of people comment that we we look at this world uh, like it should be this utopia that everything's perfect Mm. and all these harm reduction things will be perfect we know that's not true we know it's going to be messy we know that if we move forward um, with more supports that some Mm -hmm. things might not work and we might need to to readjust some things we know that we're not looking for utopia yeah. we're just looking for like a world that treats people as they deserve to be treated
1: you don't sound like delusional at all and, and delusional usually goes in my mind to that snowflake stuff they say i don't say that about people anyway but what it is is you're reasonable right you're reasonable i'd like
0: to think so yeah
1: well it's a reasonable thing but we don't like to hear it that we just have to be nicer because it's so simple right if you it just is. show kindness that's not going to do it dave the world needs more than just love dave and I'm like, I don't fucking think it does right now, right? Because let's just see the world as it is. Could we use a little bit more love, use a little bit more kindness? A lot. A lot more, right? A lot, and it is yeah. so
0: simple. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's all these other problems that you'd have to deal with, but I mean, what a small thing yeah. to just lighten up. Just people's just, days. Right, like and it? and to
1: think that, you know, people who who may lose their children or their or partners or siblings to this illness, and to let them know, like, it doesn't mean they're bad it doesn't mean they're bad or that they they should have that should have happened that's not what it means it it means that the law of averages about using drugs simply makes it more likely it's going to happen right that doesn't mean they're bad or have no. a moral failing right because it, it's and the, so when i when i brought up survival's guilt i i obviously that's what i go through quite often right and i know that i recognize it almost every time, you know, like right away, uh, it's because I survived. I shouldn't have, I don't deserve to be here any more than anyone else. Right. And the fact that I'm here simply identifies to me that I'm supposed to be, that's all and nothing more than that. Cause I don't, I don't, for my mind, I don't believe I deserve it anymore than my friends who've been, who've been taken or your brother, right? Like those. And so those things are always hard for me because the reality is I'm just here. I didn't do anything special, right, that your brother didn't do. I didn't. The only thing I did different was I didn't pick up a bottle again, right? That's it. And that is not a big thing, right? That is that could be it could be the the end, the beginning and the end of it, of it all, if you pick it up. But the reality is he didn't deserve it, right? Nobody deserves it. It's just what happens, That's right? right? And it's not like um, I don't deserve to be sober. So if people say that, I always tell them I don't deserve it. Are you fucking kidding me? Like the life I've lived, I do not deserve this. If I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be here. So I thank God I didn't get what I deserved. Whatever God is up there, right? Because I just happened to be here. That's it. And so what I think our job is, if we're still here, if we were made it right, um, is to be a part of the solution. That's our job. Right. And that solution is love, connection, kindness. Grace, like how much grace have I been given? Oh my God, I don't even believe in grace, (laughs) but I, but I've been given all this grace for no reason, no better reason than Darcy or anyone else has the grace, right? I simply opened my eyes at the right time, took that step at the right time, right? It wasn't even my time, nothing to do with it. When I first came into sobriety, I was ignorant, (laughs) right? I was a deck. I'm pretty sure, and I, I, I will owe one of my coworkers amends for the rest of my life. She is such a lovely human. We're, fri- we're friends, thank God. She didn't give up on me. Um, but when I first sobered up, we worked together, and I was intolerable, right? Intolerable. But they had compassion for me, right? They had compassion. Mm-hmm. My boss, you need to go to a meeting, go to a meeting. No problem. You don't have to take your lunch break, just go, right? I was like, wow, this is... I hope everybody gets this. Right. But not everybody does. No, no right. They, they, they gave me compassion. That's what I needed. I, I also needed people to tell me I couldn't drink. Sure. Um, but that wasn't what made me stick. What made me stick was the people who were kind, not the people who were fucking assholes. No, those people made me want to leave. If it wasn't for the kindness and, and compassion of, of some people, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one either who wouldn't have stayed. Right. Because, I mean, who wants to stay and be yelled at, right? Told you are failing at everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what happens sometimes, you know, um, which is unfortunate. Anyway, I'm sorry. I. That's what I do. I just go off and trail down the, down the trail. <laughs> and you <laughs> down are very... Hole. Yeah, you create a very safe space. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it very much. So is there anything that you would tell someone out there who's struggling? Because um, I want to... You'll edit this part out of me saying this, hopefully. Um,
0: (laughs) Please say the right thing. Yes. Jess.
1: (laughs) Jess, make sure you say (laughs) things the correct... No. What I'm hoping for is that we'll end it after you talk. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, So that we can end with what you would pass on to someone who might be struggling or suffering right now.
0: Well, I guess, you know, you are loved. You are worthy. Mm -hmm. There are people that care very much about you. Mm -hmm. You may not know them but they do Mm -hmm. Um, hang in there and try to be kind to yourself and um, just try to live another day Um, you know where there's a lot of people rooting for you Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people rooting for you and um, we hope for nothing but the best whatever that means for you
1: right on and so if people want to reach out to you and your organization, mm-hmm. what kind of stuff can they um, expect to get from that? Because we'll attach a link to the episode. Okay,
0: yeah. Um, we have our Facebook page. Um, we do not have a website at the moment. Okay. Um, it just didn't seem useful to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always email us as well at info.afcfa at gmail.com. Um, best place is definitely through... Um, the Facebook page okay. um, we are completely volunteer driven so sometimes it takes us a bit to get back yep, to people, for sure that we are here
1: and the Facebook page is again
0: um, change the face of addiction
1: perfect and we'll just end it with that thank you so much
0: oh thank you that's
1: that amazing I
0: actually have questions for you I sure
1: thank you for tuning in this week to the voices in recovery podcast please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode thank you for your time And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.